On this episode, John and I are back. We are uh, talking a little bit about my trip to uh, Mexico and what I came back with some tequila, and we'll taste that at the end. But uh, we talk a little bit about just uh, playing golf on vacation in some sunny weather because it is crappy as hell here in Indiana. Um, and then we we dive into the PGA Tour, and uh, we talk a little bit about uh, some recent winners, but we, we mainly kind of talk about, you know, can – and should the PGA Tour evolve into something else because money is involved? And will it impact the majors? How will it? So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. And uh, let's get into it. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of season two of the Faded Golf Podcast. I'm Mark Juline. As always, here with Mr. John Falkenberg. What's up, Johnny? How you doing, sir? Uh, good. Back from uh, a, a trip to Mexico. Mexico? Mexico. Little uh, Cabo area um, with the wife and a, another couple. Had some fun. Played one round of golf with some rental oh, clubs. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You went with another couple. Yep. Did, he, so. did you get to play? Did he, uh, was he a golfer? Did he play with you? He played in high school. And gave up the game uh, shortly after college. Just decided I'm no longer interested in getting really angry at myself for not playing well, basically. And you know, I I guess you know, if he he was pretty good high school player, and you know, if you put down the sticks for a period of time and then you try to come back, and he's very competitive, like forget it. So he was just like, no, I'm done. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat myself up trying to. What high school did he play at? He played in Lafayette for what's what's one of the private uh, Catholic schools up there, yeah. like like Lafayette Jeff or so, mm-hmm. I don't know what you know, had class of fifty people, you know, something like that. There's so. some good golfers up there though. Um, yeah. So anyway, but no, he he did not play. Um, so I went out and slapped it around at uh, Cabo Real, and uh, what does who designed that? That was a Fazio deal. Oh, those so are always good. The back nine was, I mean, that I li- was one I of like the most, him. That was one of the most challenging backs. So the front nine kind of went down toward the ocean and then kind of came back up and a little bit more open, wide, not as penalizing. The back nine, dude, it was like a bunker everywhere. It was crazy with weird angles and stuff and, and some tiny greens. He's and, like, to me, he's his designs... He's like a um, like a sculptor almost. It's like an like he sculpts the in in that in, that back nine was definitely so sculpted. Like Jack, you know, he's a great designer of golf courses, but it's not like as artistic. Yeah. And even Pete, pretty courses, they were more like tricky. Yeah. Fazio is like it's almost like an, I don't want to say artist, but it, it is. It's like yeah. he sculpts that. It's it's cool. Like uh, Victoria National. Yeah, it's just like you're like. Okay, that's how that exactly how that should be in that landscape. Yeah, I mean, he had this one. There was this one hole where literally the green was like on the side of a cliff, and I'm like, like, it literally fell off off to one at like off the back of it. I'm like, this is such an incredible golf hole. This and it was like the number one handicap hole or whatever it was too. And it was hard as shit. But birdie it uh, almost. No, I did. No, I did. I I kick in birdie for uh, kick in birdie for uh, for a foot for a foot away. (laughs) The hardest number one. Yeah, the, the number one rank. Yeah, that's sweet. 
I mean, we were playing it from the shorter yardage. I think we were playing from like the blue tees. It might have been a little over 6,000 yards or something. So I think I was able to even like lay up with a four. If I had to play that from like back what on were, that what one. What were the stretch tees at? Like 73? Uh, 67, 68. I don't, I don't even think it got to 7,000. It might have been right around 7,000. What altitude? You're at sea level? 55, yeah. So you're, it was, so you're, the ball's carrying pretty normal. Normal or. It could be if you had a lot of wind, worse. Luckily, it wasn't windy, um, which was odd. It wasn't a very breezy day. So, and every time I've played out there, there's been a pretty good breeze, but um, in prior trips. But uh, this one was. How would you compare it to uh, my previous? The Dominican. Oh, God. Um, The golf course. I I think because you kind of go kind of down the mountain toward the, the ocean. And then kind of back up the mountain. There's just some more interesting terrain and some more challenging terrain because they kind of carved it into you know the mountain a little bit. Um, but as far as like the condition of the golf course and the actual golf course, and the, and then just the the overall feel and layout, like Dominican was much more memorable. Well, I could go back through a lot of holes in that Dominican course in my head right now, and I bet you I could probably. Oh, only a week out from playing, I could probably only be like like a count in my head, you know, handful or. Few I holes. could play that Dominican course every day. Oh my god, that was the type of course it was, and that that one par three that was back by like our house that we were staying that was at. Awesome. How hard was that green to hit, and then even get up and down? It was especially, like especially with the wind. Oh my god! But I know what you mean. Let's like I think you can compare it to like um, the French Lick Pete Dye course, like beautiful. It's it's, it's, it's clowny. A lot of it's yeah. clowny golf. I mean, yeah. you got these weird spot greens, but you get up there. It's just, I mean, it's probably the prettiest place in yeah. Indiana. I, I soaked it in because you're going up the hills and you see these ravines, and it's like, wow, that's gorgeous. And then next thing you know, the hole's flipping back around, and you got the whole ocean setting with mountains in the background. I mean, the settings are phenomenal. And I will say, though, I played not this, not a year ago, but like maybe two trips ago. Um, that we went there. I played just another course by the same group that owned this Cabo Real. And it was just like a mountain course that was up in the side of the mountain and they had no ocean holes. And it was only like 80 bucks. And because you still had the views from the t- like essentially the top of the mountain and it was in awesome condition and they had three nines. I was like, Psh, I could, I'll play this for $80 every day um, versus paying 200 whatever dollars to play all those ocean courses. I mean, Cabo del Sol was like three hundred bucks when I played it, and I played like absolute shit that day it too. Was, but that, that I hear is it was it was yeah, special. I hear that's incredible. There's bro. this Tiger Woods. Um, um, who else did it too? It, um, Davis Love maybe. I think it's like Tiger Woods Davis Love course um, down there that people were telling me about too. That I. Um, apparently you have to stay at the resort there, but then I heard like, nah, you just got to like go through a condo spiel and like you can get out there kind of thing. But I can't remember. I'll have to look that one up. But Sounds there was awful. An, but I've heard it's like, that's the, that's the course. down there. In Cabo? Mm-hmm. What's it called? I'm going to look it up yeah. now. That it's not that big a deal. Can. But anyway. I've heard that, um, that place that Tiger put in, in Houston. And I've actually got a friend that, was uh, building a house there. You know, that big... What's that place he put down there in Houston developed? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a black, I hear it's just black something. Was it? Diamante. That's what it's called. Diamante. 
Oh, this is another one? Tiger oh, just... He has ti- two of them down there. Tiger will be a uh, golf course designer connoisseur as he gets older. I think he will. He loves it, dude. He just he loves it. He, right it'll, now, he's still good. It'll keep him busy. That, that's the thing. It's like kind of like what Jack's done. I mean, it's kept him really busy. But Tiger's gonna have to do something, and he, he's not gonna want to play golf on like the Champions Tour in his fifties. He's just not gonna do it. Did Jack ever play? He did. He did a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, him and Arnie played a little bit. They only played for like five, six years, though, didn't they? Well, and they would play like in the majors. You know what I mean? Like they would play in the. Senior U.S. Open and the Senior PGA Championship, and you know, like the Tiger might a little bit. Who knows? He might play in like in the, again, like in those majors, and you know, they pay appearance fees for those. They do. They don't do that on the PGA Tour, but they do on the Champions. They pay. Them. That's do why you, Freddie's like. Pff. Do I'm you sure, think they I'm pay? Sure he makes a quarter million dollars every time he shows up. Do you think they pay for uh, a hosting like Tiger when he hosts uh, the Genesis? That's a good question. Like he gets a, fee, a, a, a namesake fee on it. Well, yeah. he's got to get something out of that deal, I would think. Um, they were even saying like how many things he has to attend and be a part of, like even like leading up that there was like I want to say day one they said he only had fifteen. Like on Thursday, he only had fifteen minutes to warm up because he had to do so many things like leading up to the opening of the tournament. That first day of the tournament, that he only had like fifteen minutes to hit balls and warm up. That's why he just loves the Masters. Everybody is treated like like you go to Champions Dinner. You know the what night is that Champions Dinner? Is that the night before? Uh, it's either two, it might be Tuesday. I yeah, don't think I don't they th- do it the night before. I think they do it Monday or Tuesday. Not the the day before they do the part three, right? And then everybody just probably goes and locks down, right? Oh yeah, and gets ready Thursday. So hey, I was listening. Speaking of that Masters, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember who who was telling the story, but so you know the amateurs get to stay in the um, whatever the nest or whatever the they call eagles it? nest. They, they call it the eagles nest, something like that. Something, whatever, um, it, and they've got beds in there, and it's like all decked out, like whatever. And um, apparently, like most of the kids, like they just stay there like one night just to say they did it, and then they go find their own like place to stay. And I'm like, that's like the only time in your life because you qualified as an amateur that you could have a chance to stay there why wouldn't you stay there all fucking week just young dipshits i mean that's just the way i i mean it really is they're like well just you know they don't have the wi-fi or something like i don't know who who knows it's crazy Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me no but maybe you know if we were that age and we were that good at golf we'd be like we just don't get this tradition yet I guess not, but I mean, or I actually know what I'd do. I'd be the guy that's like, okay, so, hey, man, are you staying here all week? Hey, hey, are you staying here all week? Just end up probably having the place to your freaking self. <laughs> I bet your Victor Holland, Hovland stayed there all week. He should have. I bet he did. How about that? He had, he had a W in Port. It's like the cursed uh, tournament, though. It's Tony Finau. Yeah. You don't win after again after you win that I one. I doubt that with him. Oh, Hovland? He's for good. He's man. the real deal. He's he is the real yeah. deal. Did you see that record he set? Record? No, I didn't see that. It is, I mean, it's very impressive. He set the most rounds consecutively in the 60s. Really? 19. Nobody that's, has ever done that. That's how many he's had in a row? 
He yeah, he did that last year. Oh, he did it last year. His first year on tour. In that he, he was playing really good golf, like first year on the tour last year. Do Do you know? Like, think about that, dude. For that's a second. dude. That's hard. Think about that for a second. On the courses he was playing on the tour, Tiger Woods has never done that. Dude, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Jack never did it. No. Phil's never done it. Dude, if you can do that. The guy's got game. That guy's going to be. He's just, I mean, he's already. He's got a W. It, it's, more is going to come. Oh, he's. Until he finds a girl and gets married. Jordan Smith effect. And then. Hey, you know what? Jordan will come back, but. He could. He, no, he will. I mean, look, Adam Scott had it a win in four years. True. It, it can happen. And plus, he's probably going to have a kid here soon, though. Then he's really fucked up. But you, but you look at still his stats, like Jordan's stats. He still hadn't won in three years. And his, like, his game, like when you compare like wins so when, since when he started till like now, he's still up there. No, he's fine. And but it, but it, it's funny, though, and I think what's, what's so interesting about watching the Golf Channel, listening to all these dudes pontificate about the next whatever and the next whatever and the next whatever. And all we've seen over probably, especially like the last 10 years, and I'm going to say 10 years because Tiger kind of had his like roller coaster of a 10 years, basically. But over the last 10 years, all we've seen are one-year streaks or six-month streaks by guys where they like are really, you know, they're playing great, great golf with, with a couple exceptions. And like DJ, I think, has played – consistent almost for 10 years and um there's been a couple other guys that i think have been consistently like top 10 top 20 guys whether it's like coocher or for 10 years yeah uh rory rory obviously yes very perfect example but they're they aren't necessarily blowing all the w's off but that's because there's so many good players yeah we've already we agreed on that we've We've talked about that it's not you're never going to have a Tiger Woods guy again. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nope. And and Victor Hovland, he could have a three-week streak and then disappear. I mean, you know, end of his career, Victor Hovland could have two or three majors, and that would be an incredible career. Absolutely. Incredible. There's just not, it's not going to happen again. No. I, 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 well, and, and especially if um, there ends up being this, uh, you know, super tour or whatever the heck they're calling it. It's... it's um, that's the, I, su- the supreme leader tour. I, uh, what are they? What are they calling this thing? I don't. It's the 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 oil tour or something. I mean, it's really it's oil money the backing it, Dubai right? Dubai oil tour. I I you know, it just doesn't have any tradition. It's just money. That's all it is. It's money. So yeah, I mean, you're gonna have guys go if they do it. If they really get it going, you'll have half the field go. But. Here's what I would bar you to enter majors. I don't think so. Because the majors aren't technically on two, well, at least two of them are not, right? U.S. Open is still an open event. And the, um, and the, and the, and the, the Open. And uh, the Masters, I think, I mean, there's, there's just certain qualifications for the Masters. They have their own qualifications But they can for invite it. whoever they want. They can. They can absolutely invite anybody they want. And, and the, uh, the Open. The British Open is also open, right? So qualify because you're X number in the world or whatever it is. And that's really where you qualify for the Masters, too, if you're X number in the world. And as long as they still can 
they would consider that tour as part of like a world rankings, which they do with the European tour too. So, um, I don't, you're right. They, they would still be able to compete in the majors. It would hurt. It would hurt a few other tournaments. Um, that some of these other ones that have kind of grown up, I, it'd be curious to see if I, if it impacts like the, the world golf championships at all. Like if people are like, I'm not going to go play in that cause I can go win $10 million over here. But it, it kind of, by the way, uh, Bryson DeChambeau won over a million dollars for second place this past week. I know. It kind of proves the. It kind of proves the point, like what we are interested in in professional golf. It's the majors. So, yeah, I mean, well, what proves the point is that it really could happen. Is that if as long as those players can go play the majors, what the fuck? Why do they care? And 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 if you put if you put on TV. No cut, fifty guy, the top fifty guys every on on twelve weeks out of the year or whatever, however many tournaments they're saying, I'd watch all twelve of those because I know it's the top forty, fifty guys in the world every time. But if you don't get the top fifty guys to buy in, and you got twenty five, are you going to watch it? Don't know. Probably depends on the format. I love that. I like this team idea format where like these guys are competing together, and then at the end of the year, they're all they're competing for like fifty million. That they split. It's freaking awesome. That's crazy money. It's dumb. <laughs> it's crazy money. Uh, who is, who are the guys doing it? Like back. Uh, I, all I heard was a bunch of you know Middle Eastern oil billionaires. guys, billionaires. Yeah, Just which. Like- it, they want to make it like global too, which I like that as well because that all right, fine. Then you end up spreading tournaments all over the world, and it just makes it more. I don't know. To me, that's interesting, and it's something different. It, here's the thing: like you, you were going down the path of tradition, and I think there's some great tradition. I think the majors have all of our attention as far as tradition. I could get I've actually usually the PGA. I'm like, unless it's nearby me or something like that, I'm not don't necessarily get fired up for it, but it's still considered a major. But I like the U.S. Open because they make the course just hard as shit, and I like these guys struggling. I like to watch them just struggle for a week and get all pissed off that the USGA bucked it up, and everybody just talks about how every the US, time. every week or every year the USGA they always talk about oh they messed up the course oh they really botched it this year or whatever every year they botched it like Pebble Beach was the only this was like the only year that they basically nobody bitched about the golf course. Every other year, they just complain. Because I don't think Pebble Beach is like, you're not going to fuck it up. I think yeah. they told the USGA. Yeah. All right, now, we'll grow the rough out a little bit, but you're not yeah, touching yeah, anything get else. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you're, the like, greens, leave them alone. It's like, we get 500 around here and 1,500 a night per guest, <laughs> so you can go fuck yourself. Absolutely. 50, I mean, there's, you're, they're not going to jeopardize that. No, they weren't going to. And the Open, because it's on all those classic courses... I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. I mean, it's just this it's classic golf. Just like the courses just look like shit most of the time, anyways. Oh, I mean, I know, but it's just there's just some now. You want to talk about like nostalgia and tradition, like that's just I like, wanna, that's the one I, I know you want to go. I want to go. We're going to go. go. do it. That is like the I mean, that would just be the, we're going to do it. That would be the we're going to do it, but then we got to come up with a golf trip that we do like as part of that. We can't just like go watch freaking golf. Like, well, we have I, to go play too. I think when you, you go and it's an off, fuck, I'd like to see it at St. Andrews, but you may want to go when it's an off St. Andrews. Year so you, so can, you go can go play, play St. Andrews, Andrews, yeah. But I bet you that'll be a packed up week. Well, that, that's a, that's the hard part is that you know you know the week before or the week after that tournament, all those courses are going to be freaking packed up. So it's like you'd almost have to like go to that and then like go to Ireland to go play golf. 
because at least you like just make a jaunt completely away. It's pound Guinness. <laughs> yep. But I don't know. Has have you, do you seen your family or anybody been over to Ireland or Scotland? Uh, John has. John has. Yeah, father. He's gone over a couple times to Ireland, and then he's done like the Scotland trip too one time. How do you like that? Uh, I think he likes the the Ireland. He's like, I think he, that's why he's gone to twice to Ireland now. I think he's really liked that. But I think he might have gone on his last one this past summer. Um, because he said because you walk everything, you know, he's like. 68 years old and he's like he's like by you know by day five of playing 36 holes or whatever you're doing i mean your your feet freaking hurt your ass is just freaking chapped as shit and you're just you know you're just tore up and just done you can bear and it's wind you're you're hitting the ball into the wind on every fucking hole He's like, your body can only take so much yeah 68 years old yeah exactly i mean i'm sure he's like Five years from now, it might be the three years from now, even might be the next time he might think about taking that trip again. And it's like, then he's in his seventies and he's like, fuck that. <laughs> Just go back to Ireland, sit on a stool, play a course and yeah. hang but out. But that's, that's why you have golf simulator and you just be like, Hey, what course do we want to play? We play fucking whatever. I want, I, I, I did he, so he played St. Andrews. Yeah. He's played that. What do you, th- what do you think of it? He said it wasn't real hard, but he enjoyed it. And that's every that's everybody I've talked to that's played is like, eh. It's like you play it to play it, and there's just some symbolic holes, and you know that. What kind do of you thing. say about the town or anything? Do they hang out? There oh yeah, there? they had a great time, like with the town, and everybody was cool. And you stay in St. Andrews and just hang yeah. out. Yeah, I mean that whole place is like that's it's Disney World for golf. Yeah, it's not big, and it's yeah. all centered around that golf course, right? Yep. Yeah, Derm Derm did it what two years ago. He did a whole Scotland, Ireland. Uh, not Ireland. He did Ireland maybe last year, and then a, two or three years ago he did this whole like Scotland, England, freaking whatever stuff. Did he? Did he? Yeah, he did Turnberry, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he said that was. I think I remember yeah. him talking. I think about he that. said that was awesome. Yeah, we got yep, that has to. We got to get on the Euro. Get those, we're getting those kids older and get more freedom. Yeah, so I mean, I think overall, my consensus is that it's if you don't have the buy-in from, I'd say at least seventy-five percent of the top fifty fifty guys in the world, it's not it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, because the other guys won't go. Now, if Tiger goes, uh, Phil goes, these, you know, and a guy like Ricky goes, other people are going to start falling in line. And in, in if they're smart, especially Tiger and Phil and Big Dick Rick, if they're smart, they start negotiating what they're getting regardless of if they win. Those guys be happy to pay it. Happy. Yep. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to is like, if like no cut, 50 guys, 40 guys, whatever it is, and even the guy who finishes 40th, think about this, no cut, the guy who finishes 40th, if that guy takes home like quarter million dollars, like I mean, you're like play play shitty golf. You're like let me let me let me get this straight. I can play the worst golf of the whole week. I only have to play three rounds. You you know, and I make and, and I'm and I make two fifty. Like okay, 
probably be more than that. It probably will be. I mean, if the winner's going to win 10. 10 million each week? The, each tournament, they, they were suggesting that the winner would be 10 million. That gets rid of the FedEx. Like people don't care then about the points but, on the PGA. So Tour. my whole thing is the FedEx doesn't has never mattered. Nobody really gives a shit about it anyway. I kind of like it. I don't the money part, but I don't. I mean, they care about winning it. I guess because the way they're doing the tournament with the the BMW and then the Tour Champion, all that. I mean, it's it's gotten a little hype. Well, the, but think about those tournaments as they start narrowing the fields and there's no cuts and stuff like that, and those guys are making freaking money and not like. If you did 12 tournaments like that, that essentially all felt like the playoffs with limited fields. The, how about the bubble guys, though, that are like, uh, you got to keep, like, what, what's it take? You might, I was thinking about this. I'm like, well, what's it take to stay? So, like, if they take 40 or 50 guys, how many weeks can you basically, like, suck before they're like, well, you're now out of, the world rankings of whatever it's the PGA Tour now become like the Corn Ferry because they won't be able to have the sponsors the same way anymore. They they just won't. You won't have the players. Yep. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I do either. But you know what? It's the evolution. It's it fight it. It's the evolution of sports, man. It's like I, I mean, if I've said this before, I'm like if LeBron. And Steph Curry and James Harden and you name the name the take the twelve best players take all the guys from the All Star Game okay every player from the All Star Game and probably not the best example because I know they're voted in by the fans but again let's say you take like the twenty best players in the league and say okay you guys are all now the captains of your own teams and you own them. And we're going to have a whole nother thing. And by the way, uh, none of these old white dudes that used to own these franchises own them. The players own the franchise. Like, all the people that work in the back office, they work for us. We don't work for them anymore. And they flip the script on it. What, what, what are all these owners going to do if it becomes the LeBron League? Because, you know, you take the top ten dudes in the league and just because they got plenty of cash. Yeah, but they don't know how to run a business. Yeah, but you know who does? Michael Jordan. Yeah, and, he does. He does and, a little and bit. And you know who else would invest in it? Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley, all these guys that are like, okay. Yeah, but then they would end up owning the teams, ended up owning the stuff. Maybe because you, you can't, you, you put these players. No, they end up working for those guys is what I'm saying. Like, those guys, what, you think if you were a former NBA player, you'd rather work for the white, again, the old white dude that owns TNT or 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 whatever or would you rather work for the players that actually run it and then get you get rid of all the agents and all this garbage. it's idealistic but it's it's just the reality is so much more hard to execute well yeah i think just cuz you cuz it cuz it's the contacts it's the relationships that the old white dudes which you know they look at as you know they're looked at as awful yeah. A lot of times, but they're the ones that make shit happen. I mean, there's not too many. There's not too many people, even though I don't love them. Like I take an example, like Jerry Jones, that can just go out and build a stadium like that, a billion two. Yeah, I mean, it, it just doesn't happen. And then you know, it's basically the mecca of sports. I give you that. 
you have a you have a true type leader, somebody at the top. But I, I just think like to take it to those levels. I mean, to build the stadiums, to build the draw, to get the TV contracts. It's all the contacts, man. It's control. It's like the fucking mafia. It's it's a little. It's it a is. Little, I know. No, it's it controlled. Is. But if you don't have that, you won't get the exposure. But what does where there is possibilities, like to what I think that could happen, is the social media. So these guys could do their business all through the social media and then get the exposure through YouTube, TV, and that stuff. Yeah, it could change. And if they said, hey, you know, you know what? You know, we don't want to play and do this your way. But gosh, I mean, the uprooting and the, and the innovation that would take for them to like just take, change everything because the NBA treats those guys pretty good. They do. And, and those it, guys get paid, pampered yeah, well. They do. And that's why there's a union and stuff too to help negotiate those kind of things. But I mean, at some point, it's if just you like just, the PJ Tour. They're so well taken care of. They're like, it's like, guys, we just, it's just not easy to leave this. I think at this point, I mean, and I've, have you been listening to uh, Shane Bacon and Max Homas um, pod? I haven't at listened. All? To, no, I haven't. They've got like three or four episodes out now. You have to listen to it. But you know, even Max, I've heard one with Max. Max is on. I mean, he's he's won one tournament, but he's played really well the last few yeah. weeks. Um, but I mean, even him, he's like, he's like, it's, it's dumb how much money I basically can make out here for just like playing a game, you know, and hitting ball and, I, it's, he's and like, how well you're treated and how well, yeah, exactly. How well he's got it. He's just like, it's kind of silly. It really is. The life is unbelievable. Yeah. It's no, it's nothing like it was 20 years ago. Nothing. It's a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah, Tiger's Tiger just changed the game. He did, and I think we've talked about it before. But you you look at these tournaments now. I mean, you look at like the gen like that L.A. Open or whatever they called it before it was the Ge- the Genesis, you know, Open the Riviera the uh, Riviera. Like I never was that interested in it, you know. But now they've like made it into the, a big event. And it is. And uh, is that they, golf course? Is it that hard? It must be like really fucking hard because those guys only what they what they win at twelve under maybe. Yeah, the hardest golf course on the tour is coming up this this week. The Bear Trap. What's that? Is that called the Bear Trap? Are they are they in the Florida swing now? Is that the one that they're at? The one with it's a Jacks and it has the Bear Trap on there. What is it? Is called? that this week? What is this week? I don't know. Because last year won at like eight over or something, or eight under. Yeah, we'll find out. What's this week? Right. It's the Honda. Oh, okay. At PGA National yeah. Resort and Spa. That's it's, the Okay. The Honda's pretty big. Okay, well, see, the, these some of these these tournaments, like the players continues to get bigger. The waste management continues to be huge. The Hondas continue to get bigger. Um, the uh, This Riviera continues to get bigger. This AT&T gets way more attention than it should with the Pro-Am, but it gets a ton of attention and ends up getting a lot of activity. Um, the tour's in a good spot right now, man. Jack's the Memorial, that, that's always hot. Um, and, of course, you got all the majors coming up. Is the players a major? Are we? I mean, I know that was a big conversation last year. What do you think? No. 
Should be. It should be, but it's not. It's just not. I mean, it needs to be. I think you just have to, it has to be designated. But even, I think if you designate it now, it wouldn't feel right. You know, are you going to go back and, and declare previous winners, major winners, if you did it? No. No? No. It's not a major. So it's like moving forward. It's a major. I guess what made stuff majors before, but it I was just, always. I don't like, like. I don't like that you can make more majors in a year. Well, like the PGA wasn't always a major, right? So, like, I don't think you make more majors because that's what all the golfers are going after. And let's take like another professional sport. You're not going to make more World Series, right? You're not going to make more NBA championships. So, I, I, I don't think you make more things that are more important. They made the XFL. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they call it the St. Louis Blackhawks in the XFL. <laughs> I love that. It is. It's the St. Louis Blackhawks. That's great. <laughs> but it's a, were they not thinking that one through when they decided on that name? They probably were. Oh, God. Uh, but I, I think that no, you got to keep it. At, you got to keep it at four. I think you do because I think they become less important if you make five, and then it makes it like oh, you know, people. The number of majors. The number of majors is the most important thing in golf. Well, and it's it to, is to then probably round out the conversation. It's probably why then another league where you can make as much money as whatever. Why these guys aren't going to leave because they just they grew up not necessarily wanting to win ten million dollars. They grew up wanting to win the Masters and play in the Masters and 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 trust me, the Masters. You know the, the the people that control that, they have a lot of say in if that thing would happen. Oh yeah, because they'll be like, "Oh, we're not going to let you in this tournament at the Masters if you go play in that. It's Delmer. It's over. Yeah, right there where it starts. Yeah. So depends on the relationship between the PGA Tour and the Masters, which I don't know. Could be tumultuous. Masters owns that freaking deal, man. I don't. The PGA but, Tour is like bows down. <laughs> from from what I've so no. then it's probably good. Yeah. So it's not. So if that, if the, if if the master says, you know, we have too good a relationship, PGA Tour, we just we don't see this happening. And Masters is all about tradition. The the Masters well, it, would just up the ante and be like, fine, we'll do ten million. I don't care. Winner wins ten million. Well, no, I, I don't even think it would come down to money then, because people like even the golfers would be like, well, if I can't get in the Masters, there's just fucking zero chance I'm going over there. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. It doesn't matter about the money. Yeah. Aug- I mean, Augusta, you're telling me Augusta controls all of professional golf right now, at least in the current state of the game. I'd say 60%. Yeah. What did you got, say? Oh, I think they've got a, yeah, they've got, a heavy, the they've got a heavy say. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It drive, they drive a lot of stuff. You th- think about the buzz that happens in the spring around golf and everybody getting all amped up. I mean, almost every social media post right now is like 50 days to the Masters, 40 some days to the Masters. I'm like, Jesus. If, if you think about like the players too, like you hear them talk, like anybody I, who won last year is like, I'm going to, I'm going to affect the Masters. It's well, awesome. if you, um, I, 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 interesting to see if they surveyed the players on tour. I think I saw it before, like what tournament they wanted to win the most. Mm-hmm. I think the Masters in the Open were the no- number one and two. Sure, that makes sense. Over, like overall, I yeah. think. I, I don't. I don't really. That Claire Jug's sure. pretty badass. So, 
I think that's just like such tradition. Oh my god. I mean, there's a lot of guys that said the U.S. Open. I think Jack Nicholas said the U.S. Open was his top. Was his. Which is crazy. Even though he won, what, six Masters? Yeah, he freaking owned the Masters. Dominated Augusta. I mean, he's got more green jackets than I have, like, suit jackets at all. Like, period. <laughs> How many does Tiger have? Five? Five? Or no, six? I think he, yeah, he won his fifth. He just won his fifth. Is there anybody that has more majors than six majors? If, of, of one, one particular tournament? Well, it's got to be just Jack. No, it, um, doesn't Tom Watson have six British Opens? I don't think so. Maybe four or five. I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. That'd be the only one. He does have a lot of British Opens. <laughs> I think I just own British Opens. Don't How many does he have? We're both looking it up right I now. I am. Uh, I think you're right. I think he has majors. five. There we go. If he would have won that one... Um, remember the one that he had uh, like what ten years ago? Open Championship five. Mm. That's still that's insane. freaking awesome. That's still insane. Guy couldn't putt though. Um, he couldn't. Uh, he's a he was a yippy putter. <laughs> and he, Inside six feet was not his space, man. He he that dude could roll ten twelve footers all freaking day. But man, you give him a four or five footer. I, there's no way if my life was on the line, I'm giving, I'm pulling Tom Watson out of the crowd to hit a four That's or five crazy. footer. The guys won how many majors? Yeah. Eight. Yeah, but he just made. I mean, he would birdie a ton of shit. <laughs> He'd birdie a ton of shit. I mean, <laughs> that was just, just like Jack. You put him within four or five. It's automatic. Yeah. It was au- automatic. Period. Yeah. Not. He's probably the best guy within four or five feet in the history of the game. Next to Ernie Els. It's <laughs> the worst comparison. It's the funny. <laughs> Ernie, Ernie Els with those, those jabby freaking choke strokes. Oh. That dude's he's like one. He has to be one of the worst short putters ever of all time, possibly. I don't know. And he still has what four majors? Yeah, I mean, and and his, he's he's pushing a uh, he's pushing one of those putters that stands up. He's standing up behind the ball to line it up now. He's endorsing some shit putter like that. You had one of those, I think. Oh, Too funny. Too funny. Well, I think we got through PGA. We got through our topic of the week, was, which was, do you think the tour will change? Um, uh, from an equipment standpoint, um, what ball are you playing this year? I'm in between. Because we, we, had, we, had, we had, I had switched to the AVX last year. That's what I've been hitting over and, the wintertime. And you had kind of gotten on that horse a little bit toward the end of the I season. Like it. I like it around the greens. Yeah. And uh, the Titleist AVX, that was Good the ball, ball that we kind of switched to. And um, shout out Graham Cohen. I think he kind of sold me on it. Um, and I think Scotty, Big Sexy, he was he was playing it too. So I kind of got a little bit sold on it. I still like that Tour XS. You like the Bridgestone still? I, st- I like it. I mean, it, it's, is it, it's is a the, very... Is the golf team going to be playing that again this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's That's almost... That's the Tiger Woods ball? Yeah, it's almost like choosing between, you know, a diamond and gold. It, they're both unbelievable balls. I think, the for me, the AVX was more durable. Um, I don't feel like I scuffed it as much, like off wedge shots and stuff like that. That was yeah. probably my biggest difference that I felt. Um, and I felt like it... 
flew very similar to your point. I felt like I, um, the AVX might have had a little bit more like lower, like penetrating type of trajectory for me, but it's uh, close enough. They're both great balls. Because I you bought me like two dozen of those Bridgestones at the beginning of the season. I like the AVX though. I think I'm I think I'm gonna go into the season playing it. Yeah. I've got uh oh, yeah, you're I got two me. boxes. Great order the the SM eights uh Vokies. Oh, the I'm gonna order those. I'm gonna order them tomorrow. Okay. You're ordering all yep. those? Yep. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna order a um four. Four wedges. Oh wow, you're gonna replace the pitching wedge? Um it's actually you know how that pitching wedge flies far? Yeah. For the Mizuno nine nineteen. Yeah. So the fours it flies far. So that actually, so I'm gonna get the pitching wedge in the Voki. That's gonna be almost like a gap. Okay. Because it'll go about ten yards less. It just uh-huh. it, it'll fly less. Because those you, you hit the uh-huh. Mizuno, they just go farther. I know. You know what? I checked today again. So the, what are you gonna drop though? What, you, well, you don't you don't carry a, a four iron right now, do you? Do nope. you carry even a five iron? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. I got a five iron, but I got a four hybrid. And okay. I I have room in the back. I have a I have an oh, extra. Did you club. have room in the back? Yeah, because I didn't carry a three wood. Oh, and nor a four iron. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That yep. makes sense. So, but I thought about putting that three. I'm starting to hit that row. Actually, <laughs> pretty good. But really? yeah. Uh, but it's it's not needed because you don't need it out here. I got that two hybrid. Nah. And I just don't need it. Nope. That two that two hybrid. The fact that you can almost carry those two hybrids two thirty five two forty. I mean, it's stupid. It's dumb. It's stupid, and I, I mean, I get it, but I'm not. I'm not a pro. I don't need to try to go after uh, par fives and two from two seventy. I don't. And if I do, I'm going to pull the two hybrid out. And if it rolls up to the front of the green, great. But I don't care. We don't need it. No, we don't need it. And I'm, now I'm driving the ball way better off the tee. Yeah, change the swing. I feel good. So I, I've got room in the bag. So I'm excited about getting the Vokies. Yeah. And I'll have a good gap. That was my biggest gap last year. I didn't have. I had a gap wedge on the Mizuno wedge, and then I had the pitching wedge. But the difference in the yardage there was twenty yards. I mean, it was yeah, too that, much. No, it's too big of a gap. So I had to like lay off that pitching wedge. Yeah, you don't want that. No, I want to take full swings. Yep. I think that's good. That's a good move. Yeah, that's, that's the move. only thing I'm buying. I mean, I still want to go in um, and compare my. Uh, my epic flash to the Maverick, but based on what I saw is that there wasn't a lot of difference. Now the sound and feel was better. Yeah. So what? I don't, that's to me, yeah. that's not enough. One thing I do want to compare though, is the, um, my epic flash to the Mizuno driver. I hit it. Yeah. And I really liked it. Interesting. I did. I liked it a lot and I like consistency in the back, but it's, it's a very doubtful. That flash is good for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know I've hit the sim. I'm gonna. I'm waiting. There's I'm, some people they're jumping off that bandwagon. The what? Of the sim already. Some guys that I've talked like uh, our friend Tad. They put it on the bag. He already bought one and got rid of it. He's jump. Well, he's jumping. He's had tailor mades for the past couple years. And oh, he doesn't like the sim. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. He didn't like the design. He didn't like the look. I think that's like you're a look guy. It looked fine to me. He didn't like the the look, and that that's what bothered him. Mm. More. But he says he he's already got that Maverick on order. He's okay. like, I've got. Uh, I'm gonna wait until we get outside playing here and get in some conditions where I can hit it off some grass, hit it off some real. You know, like real, I'm gonna hit it like a real setup. Actually, um, I hit it. No, actually, no, I did hit it. Did Chad hit brought it? it over to yeah. my house. I hit it. Oh, okay. 
it the the spin on that thing it's dumb low it was too low yeah i think it'd become a problem sometimes well what and what he did because he bought his what he did he is fine-tuned that thing and i think the the cool part about that driver to me is that um it's built for low spin but you can fine-tune it whether you're lofting it up or you're you know just tweaking some things to actually I was thinking of getting actually a 10.5 and actually like lofting it down because it would open up the face a little bit on it, which, you know, I have a tendency to hook it anyway. So I would get a 10.5, loft it down uh, 0.75 degrees, probably be right right where I wanted to be, but I got to look at some spins. But that's why I want to get out in real conditions, put a track man out there too, like fine tune one, pick, do I need nine degree bring it up and loft do i take 10 and a half bring it down like make sure i get the total right setup how old is your driver like four it's it, i think it's four years now yeah, yeah you're due and yep. those faces can start wearing out on yeah. the driver i mean not easy yeah they're not like wedges or something but they wear out yep i'm due i'm due that's the main club that i'm looking at right but now you drove the ball so well i well that's my hesitation I drove the ball really well last year, but I have had it for three years, and I drove it like a dickhead the two previous years. So it could totally go away. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a gap in my bag where I feel like it's like that's you the club found that's something in the swing last I year. I did. It was it, it was, was out it. I, well, you know, and the year before I had that whole sciatic crap, and I I came back from it last year and just seemed to find something. So. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I'll probably do a, a lob wedge, too, just because I like one with fresh grooves every other year. And I've had this one for two years now, I think. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not making much of a switch, just the wedges. So, one wedge, maybe driver. Love my irons. Not going to touch putters this year. I might actually sell a couple putters on eBay if anybody wants to check it out. I love my putter. PGA Tour 2010. That's my uh, eBay handle. So, look for some freaking shitty old clubs. Um I need you to get that grip on my. I do. I need to put that. Uh, I need to get. Stroke. I need to get used to it. Yep, that super stroke. Pistol. I like that. I like that grip though. That pistol. It's it, it's a good grip. The claw pistol. It's good stuff. Um, well, uh, I, I mean, dude, we covered the freaking gambit on this one. Yeah, we we did everything. Pro golf uh, equipment. And I think we just next you know, week though. Big pod next week. Yeah, we're we got gonna, a guest. Yep, we're gonna have like uh, we we've promised like at least three guests this year, but this one's actually gonna happen. Yeah, we're having Kevin from Golf Simulator guys. So Golf Simulator guys, just to give a little preface, because Kevin will be listening to this. Yep. You know they're the largest resale of simulators in the country. There you go. In the country, and Look they're that. located right here in, Fr- in free, Indiana- free advertising in Indianapolis, Indiana. Free advertising right there. So. If you need a golf simulator, golf simulator guys. And we'll have them on next week. Yep. And uh, we'll talk about really all the, um, obviously, advances in this stuff, what people are doing, how the costs have come down. It's more affordable than ever to put one of these in your house. So um, John just upgraded his course. We talked a little bit about that on the last pod. But with that, I did, uh, I was able to, I think I told my story last year of how, um, and maybe I didn't tell it on the pod, but of how hard it was to get tequila back into the country last year. Um, this time was great. I bought it. They bubble wrapped it up, and I put it in my actual bag before we actually even like left Mexico. So it was much easier. Didn't have to have an anal cavity search. 
or anything like that. So we're going to get into a little tequila tasting. Hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back with... Uh, oh, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go grab that bottle because I can't okay. remember what it's called. I have no idea what it's called, but I'm smelling it right now while he's going to get the bottle. Very... It's, it's got a very strong, like... Um, I don't want to say sour. Oh, it's like lime. Yeah. Almost like, in there. Like yeah. The lime's already in it. Yeah. Oh, I'm not even talking in my microphone. Like, the lime's already in it. Um, so this is the Chula. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you say it. It's C-H-U-L-A. Chula Parada. Paranda. Sorry, Paranda. Um, it's a Reposado. Um, this was... Uh, they do not export this from uh, from Mexico. Why? I was told. Why not? Uh, it's probably one of those things where it's there. They just haven't gotten there yet, as far as uh, exporting it would be my guess. That, that's probably some type of a process or something. Who knows? What it what it cost in the one hundred fourteen U.S. dollars. Um, we tasted this, and then we tasted another. Uh, it was a $250 extra, extra Añejo he, he brought to us. We tasted both Same of them. Same brand? Uh, no, it was different. This one, the one that was the uh, $250 bottle, they only manufacture 3,000 bottles a year. And each bottle is hand-painted differently. With a, They have a theme for each year. And this you tried year, it? You actually tried yeah, it? Yeah, he gave it to us for like a sample was for it good? free. It was amazing. I told It tasted better. It was like Blanton's, but tasted better than Blanton's in my mind. It tastes like Blanton's tequila. It was. It was tequila that tasted like Blanton's. Well, it, was a, it was a five-year-aged, I think, or four and a half. I can't remember. Let me try No, it was seven. Sorry, it was I seven. I want to try this out. This is Chula. Yes. Reposado. Chula Reposado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> That's really good. I mean, Allison drank this. And we drink, we're drinking it neat in kind of a chilled glass. Um, I think the, the glass that they had brought us probably was a little bit even more chilled. And maybe the tequila was chilled too. But um, Allison drank it. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, this is like Class Azul. This might be better than Class Azul. I thought, and what my thought was, and this is what I told Michael, because he asked me what the difference was. I actually feel like you feel the alcohol more in this. Than the class Azul. Do you feel that burn down your throat a little bit? Just a little bit of heat. It tastes different than class oh, it tastes Azul. it tastes different than class Azul to me. It's but it's definitely got that vanilla. It's got that vanilla taste to it. It's different than class Azul. It's uh, it's I put it in a category of it, quality. It there. it it class Azul sometimes tastes like candy to me. <laughs> this tastes like an actual like drink, like a like it's a really good tequila. That's a really good tequila, solid. Like um, the only problem is we can't gift this. Nope. Unless you go to Cabo. Yeah, go to Cabo. Hey, go to the. Uh, so I went to a restaurant called the Office, which is down on the beach, uh, down kind of downtown Cabo. Um, they're they're fairly. It's a fairly, I guess, recognized restaurant group um, uh, down there. We had tried to go to a place, another place they have called, um, what was it called? Uh, Edith's. And, but Edith's was booked until like 9 o'clock. So we're like, uh, so I, I called up this office place, or I had our concierge or whatever, the hotel 
be like reach out to them and they said to just uh um just come at, just come in for two people they'll find us a seat so like didn't even have to have a reservation and they got us kind of by the bar and we were kind of they had a band and uh, most of the restaurant is down actually on the beach and people are like down the beach and do these waiters, this was incredible. These waiters were really running through the sand back and forth from tables with food. And like, I'm like one, their calves had to be killing their asses by the end of the night. Um, and then two, the fact that they weren't like tripping over some sand ditches or holes or something while they're carrying food professionals. And they're, I mean, hustling their asses off. Hustling their butts off. It was awesome. But and then they had a band. Band wasn't bad. Um, crowd was good. But anyway, so at the end of the night, so we had walked in this place, the office, and um, on both sides of the entryway, because it's all outdoor restaurant, but on both sides of the entryway, you walk through this arch, and then on each side are just these like bookshelves just lined with tequila bottles, just multiple tequila bottles. I mean, Clasa Azul to... Um, uh, we got a, you got it posted. Yeah, on, I've on got to post it. You're right. I put it. I think I put it on Faded Golf, so you can see the pictures of all the. I mean, it just had everything, and um, I was like, "Wow, that's cool." I wonder if they just like showcase that they have a lot of tequilas that you can drink here or whatever. So at the end of our dinner, I was like, "Hey, are any of these tequilas for sale?" And he's like, "Yes, let me bring over the tequila master." So we get to meet the tequila master, and he brings us a, a sample of this, and then we're like, "I was like, oh, that's pretty good." He's like, "I was like, how much is that?" And he's like, "114." I'm like, "Yeah," and then he. Without me even asking, he brings over another bottle, the $250 stuff, just pours us like a shot in a little like uh, champagne flute kind of thing. And uh, Alice and I sip on that, and we're like, oh, my. I go, Allison, you're going to – it tastes like bourbon. She's like, but this is really good. I mean, she liked it. And um, and then – You should have bought it. I, I, you should have bought it. I was very tempted. should have bought it because I would have went in on it. You, I, was, you, I was very tempted. You should have bought it. I would have went in on that. I almost bought like three of these is what I almost did. But um, so – so then he br- he goes. Can you I get go- that one that's two fifty in the states? No, no, it was only three thousand bottles, and they all go to that restaurant. What? Yep, they sell them all through that restaurant. <laughs> wow, crazy. So, um, so th- so I go. Hey, I'll take that one. And he wraps it up, and he comes back, and he takes one of those champagne flutes, and he fills it halfway up, like a freaking like as if it was a drink of champagne, and he set it down. And he goes, "Thank you so much." <laughs> of, awesome. of that stuff too. So I was like, I was like, that is the way the tequila master or anybody should be like selling shit, man. It's just like, here, sample this, drink this, and just selling it right out of a restaurant it was freaking brilliant. Now I don't know if you can do, you probably can't do that in the States, but nah. it'd be awesome if you could. Yeah, I mean you can. Wine, they do that, but yeah. you gotta be right, you gotta be the place of I mean that place is a proprietor. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're getting the only three thousand bottles of yeah. two hundred fifty dollar bucks, yep. two hundred fifty, because they're selling it through there, yeah, they've got some exclusive, yep, on really good tequila, yeah. And this was like the year of the flower, so every bottle had like different flower paintings and shit on it. Hey, pretty good stuff. Yeah, I recommend it if you get down there. If you get down to Cabo, go to the office, ask them for the chula. It's solid, reposado. With that. We appreciate y'all listening. Um, we'll be on here next week again talking about golf simulators. But uh, if you do have the ability to go out and play, go out there, hit more greens, score better. We'll see, see you. Thanks.